You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. This is one of those Psalms of David that is a much-needed reminder of the assurance that God cares even when it seems like nobody else does. You know, sometimes the situation in our lives can be so dire and so perilous and so perplexing that the only person you can talk to about it is the Lord. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to go straight to God before you try to figure out your problems on your own or share them with others. You don't have to explain your circumstances to God. Just bring your burdens to Him and be comforted that God knows what you're going through and how it's going to end. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Psalms, chapter 142, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I mean, you could just go through all of the pages of Holy Writ and find Abraham, Isaac. Isaac? Oh my goodness. Then you get to Jacob, you think, God, truly, you choose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Of all of the patriarchs, you would choose Jacob, whose name is the nature, meaning heel snatcher, basically. He was a a con guy, man. He was a real clever, cunning, you know, plotting, conniving, you know, guy. And God changed him from Yahob to Israel, meaning ruled by God. Changed his name, and in so doing, changed his nature, and Yahob would become Israel, who would have 12 sons that would become the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, if I were God, good thing I'm not, (laughs) I wouldn't have chose him. I would not have chose him. But God does. But boy, you look at the, the life of Jacob. Again, too much information. For those of you who were with us during our study in First and Second Samuel and the Kings and the Chronicles subsequently, was that just, in some cases, wasn't that just a brutal study concerning David? I mean, I, I don't want to know that about David. I don't want to know about how he lusted after Bathsheba when he should have been out with his army chose to kick back and rest on his laurels when kings would go to war. That was his first mistake. He sees her, sends for her. His faithful men say to him, they're pleading with him, David, don't do this. But he does. And then she gets pregnant, and he tries to cover it up. And then he plots, very cunning, very, I mean, he has her husband, Uriah the Hittite, come home from the battle lines to try to get him to, you know, have relations with her so that he could 
she was, think about this, he was actually willing. If he could have pulled that off, God was no way going to let him get away with it. If he could have pulled that off, can you imagine? As king of Israel, he would have lived a life for the rest of his life, getting everybody to believe that that was not his child, that was Uriah's. Because remember when he came home from the battle lines? And then I got him drunk, then I got him really drunk, then I got him too drunk, (laughs) and it didn't work, my plan didn't work, God thwarted it. So here's where I'm going with this. In the Old Testament, you've got all of the ugly, dirty, filthy details of what these men and some women, mightily used of God, did. But when you get to the New Testament, no mention. You get to Hebrews, we affectionately refer to chapter 11 of Hebrews, very interesting book by the way, as the hall of faith, where the writer of Hebrews lists all of these men. No mention of what they did. It's just mentioning, I mean, it's, you got you got a prostitute in there in the hall of faith, Tamar, Rahab. I mean, you look at the lineage of the Savior of the world and the family tree. I mean, it's kind of like nobody would want to go to Ancestry.com or do any of those, you know, where you go back and find out who your great, 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 great grandparents. I am terrified. I will never do that, by the way. You know what my fear is? that somewhere in my ancestry I uh, am related to like Yasser Arafat or something like that. So I will never do that. I don't want to know. You know, it's that ignorance is bliss, we say. Solomon in Ecclesiastes says, with much knowledge comes much sorrow. I don't want that sorrow. i got enough sorrow in my life to deal with. I don't want to deal with that. But I digress. I just love the honesty of God's Word. And I love the honesty of, and the sincerity of David's heart. I mean, he is pouring out his heart to God. Now, this psalm, it's believed, was written about the time in David's life when he was running for his life from Saul who wanted to take his life. Where I come from, they call that a trial. And yet, he's praying, he's crying out to the Lord, he's saying to the Lord, Lord, help me. Lord, I take refuge in you. Lord, don't delay. You see what's happening, you know what's going on. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to kill me. They're trying to trap me. They're hunting me. I'm on the run from the enemy. And so too are we on the run from the enemy of our souls. It's a constant battle. It's a constant struggle. Psalm 142 gets even more intense. Now, 
we're told it's a contemplation of David, and even more specifically that it was a prayer when he was in the cave, again when he was running from Saul, who was trying to kill him. Uh, interesting, a contemplation of David when he's in a cave. Listen, when you're in a cave, you've got plenty, plenty of time to contemplate <laughs> in that cave. Verse 1, he says, I cry out to the Lord with my voice. You know what that means, right? Um, I know we've talked about this. Bear with me. I just want, I think it would be appropriate to mention it again. He's talking about praying out loud. There's something to be said about praying out loud, vocally, audibly, with your voice, not from your mind. You know, sometimes the, the situation is not conducive to praying out loud. Uh, but, you know, and, and it does mean that, because the Lord could read your mind, and I find myself sometimes saying, Lord, I know you can read my mind right now. I just need to talk with you. And it's, it's a prayer that is prayed from the mind. David's talking about, while in the cave, crying out loudly with his voice, out loud. Sometimes the benefits of praying out loud are such that you hear how you're praying when you, and also it's much uh, more difficult for your mind to wander, because when you pray in your mind, does this ever happen to you? Just getting even to pray in your mind. When you set your foot to pray, I mean all hell literally breaks loose. Why? Because Satan will do everything and stop at nothing to keep a Christian from praying. You know what the devil fears the most? He fears the most when a Christian prays, because he knows that when a Christian prays, that is the deciding factor. So it's a praying with the voice out loud. The reason I mention that is because when you pray out loud, the demons can hear it. Satan can't read your mind. The demons can hear your prayer. And sometimes, and again, I, I, I know I've shared this, and I certainly hope you don't see me differently when I share it again, but I will say, especially when I'm in spiritual warfare like I was on Monday of this week. I mean, it was full-on spiritual war. Satanic attack, so intense. And I prayed, and I was fasting, and I just, I, I with my voice, said, Thank you, Jesus that you are greater in me, in the Holy Spirit, than you are Satan in the world, because you're a liar. You're a liar. And by the way, thank you, Jesus, that if I resist the devil, he will flee. Get out! Some of you are looking at me going, man, <laughs> do you do that? You better believe I do that. And it was not long after I did that, it broke. And I mean, you could tell there was just a change. It was kind of like, I knew, I knew when the enemy had left, when the devil fled, 
because all of a sudden now it was like this. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Then I just began to praise the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that victory. Thank you for that victory. So there are benefits to crying out loud, praying out loud with your voice. He says, with my voice to the Lord I make supplication. Not a word we use much in our vocabulary today, supplication. Carries with it the idea of a petition, a plea, where you're just pleading, dare I say even begging. And then verse 2, interesting, he says, I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. In other words, God, I'm in trouble and I need your help and I'm just pouring my heart out to you. He's not complaining in the sense of like when the Israelites would complain, because see, the Israelites were complaining about God. David is complaining before God. He's bringing a legitimate complaint before the Lord. This is the legitimate complaint. And he declares before him my trouble. You know the first miracle when, that Jesus performed was at a wedding when He turned the water into wine. And it's not easily seen at first read, but Mary comes, His mother comes to Him and says to Him, we have a problem. Uh, the host of the wedding is in trouble. And uh, the guests are going to be very soon complaining because there's no more wine. That's a problem. You have to understand in the Middle Eastern culture to this day, <laughs> to run out of wine and food, because it's a, it's a cultural dynamic, the host, the father of the bride, would never be able to let his face be shown in public ever again because of the shame. He would always be known as, oh yeah, that's the guy that ran out of wine at his daughter's wedding. No, for real. This is a serious problem. So <laughs> it was brought to the Lord, and the Lord solved the problem. Here's my point. Sometimes it does a heart good to just bring the problem to the Lord. Now you might think that's, that's a firm grasp of the obvious. Come on, pastor, what's the matter with you? Well, think about it. When we're in trouble or a problem arises, a crisis hits, do we take it to the Lord or do we start panicking and calling people and feeling sorry for ourselves. And I think you'd be surprised if you really thought about it, how often it is that that's the last resort, not the first response. It reminds me of that story when the wife says to the husband, honey, we need to pray. To which the husband says, 
Is it that bad? In other words, <laughs> the problem is so serious, we better pray. <laughs> you know, could it be that the problem got that bad because you didn't pray in the first place? Just a thought. So he is declaring before the Lord his trouble. What's the problem, David? Oh, verse 3. He's overwhelmed. He says, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path in the way in which I walk. They have secretly set a snare for me. Keep in mind, he is running for his life. He knows he's been anointed as the next king of Israel. Yet here he is in a cave, homeless, running from Saul. He's overwhelmed. He's very discouraged. Verse 4, he says, look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. You ever have those times when you just felt so alone in your struggle, in your difficulty. You know, you, you've heard that expression, misery loves company. There's some truth to that. You know, because when you're going through a really difficult time, and you're really hurting, and you're really struggling, there's this tendency to think that you're being singled out. And oh, what comfort it brings when you're able to talk with somebody else who can say to you, hey, I went through something very similar. It reminds me of what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in his second epistle, chapter 1, that we comfort others, we encourage others with the comfort that we received from the Lord when we went through that really painful and difficult time. And so God comforts us, and now we're able to comfort others. In fact, sometimes God will allow us to go through really difficult and tough stuff, because He wants for us to be able to first have compassion. There's something about difficulty that and suffering and pain that makes you more compassionate towards others, yeah? But you can comfort them, and it's, it's one of these where you say to them, you know, when we were going through that, God just ministered to us in such a powerful way, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And the enemy's right there, isn't he, to try to get us to think, man, nobody cares. Verse 5, here it is again, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. The land of the living refers to this side of heaven, here on earth, the land of the living. Attend to my cry, verse 6, for I am brought very low. 
Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. This is one of those Psalms of David that is a much needed reminder of the assurance that God cares even when it seems like nobody else does. You know, sometimes the situation in our lives can be so dire and so perilous and so perplexing that the only person you can talk to about it is the Lord. There have been times in my life where I've thought, you know, maybe I should call, you know, my pastor, a brother in Christ, maybe I should call and just kind of, you know, tell him about what's going on. And I thought to myself, it's going to take me literally hours to just even explain to them what I'm in the midst of. And that's even if I get through to them. And that presupposes they have three hours to give me, to just listen and and hear what I'm going through, and then to pray with me, and then to encourage me. And then it also presupposes that they're even going to know what to say. You know, it's bad when somebody says, man, oh, I don't know what to say. I I hope I never go through that. Wow, thanks a lot. And then I realize I don't even have to do that. I can go right to the Lord. I can skip all of that. I, I can save myself three hours of explaining it, because God already knows. I don't have to explain it to Him. Lord, you know, and then on Tuesday, and I, I just, I could just picture the Lord saying, I, I already know, I was there. Remember now, I'm all present, I'm all knowing. I, in fact, I knew it was going to happen before it happened. And also I know how it's going to end too. So I, I can cut through all of that. I can just go to Him and, and cast all my cares upon Him, as the Apostle Peter writes because He cares for me. Oh Lord, You know. Lord, You know what I'm dealing with here. You know how scary this is. You know how terrifying this is. I mean, I don't know how this is going to end, when this is going to, if this is going to end, but You do. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control, and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website 
at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. We do treasure our connection with our listeners. We'd like you to be a part of our social media community. Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.